welcome to the final recap episode of The Girls Next Door. Um, oh yeah, this is Lady. Do You Remember This, but you know that. I mean, it's me, Darlene. Like, you clicked on this. You, you know what you're listening to. <laughs> um, so I started this series off with family of the show, Troy McKeady, and I uh, recapping the very first episode of The Girls Next Door. And I just said, I have to, I have to have a full circle moment in this emotional journey that we've all been on and have Troy back to recap with me the final episode of Girls Next Door spiritually. Yes, there was a whole other season that went on after this episode, but um, of course the first five seasons are are canon girls next door and the sixth doesn't count um so troy welcome thank you for being here thank you so much for having me first of all i am incredibly honored i know what this means like i know what it means to have gotten the first and the last episode it's not lost on me i want you to know that um and also i just want you to know that this has been so enjoyable to listen to like it's Thank because you. of you. No, I'm being 100% serious. It's because of you that I've like delved back into this series. I'm, uh, you know, I'm watching Holly on YouTube. I'm listening to this. I'm watching the show on Tubi. Like I'm in it. And it's thanks to how good of a job you've been doing. Thank you so much. Um, and I, I mean, I will say, I was saying this to you off mic, but you were posting about this episode a couple weeks ago and I just realized like, Oh, of course I have to have Troy finish this out with me, but it's truly because there's no one else that, um, I feel like is completely on my level, um, emotionally, spiritually (laughs) when it comes to the girls next door. And like, I just couldn't risk having someone recap this with me that like didn't have, um, this same emotional reaction um, and didn't have like the same um, attachment to these women as I do. I I could not have any snark um, (laughs) surrounding this very special episode. No snark from me. I'm infamously not snarky. You know that. And <laughs> everybody knows that. Okay. <laughs> I also was telling you off mic that I cried watching the episode, which I'm very embarrassed about. But I did. I cried the whole time. It is such an interesting episode. Um, so in this episode, I, a little background here, because I was actually I was watching it today, and then I I watched it on Tubi. And on Tubi, it is the season five finale uh-huh. and then there's season six after I finished watching it. I'm like, Oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pop in that little DVD mm. and listen to their commentary. Mm. But I realized. So on Tubi, it's a season five finale mm-hmm. on the way it originally aired and the way it is on the DVD. It's the season six premiere. oh my god dara you are fucking right i remember being bamboozled by the trickery it is such trickery and so the season five the true finale is um a very nothing episode it's just them 
posing for um, like one of their, I guess it was like their last photo spread for the magazine that they did all three of them. And really like nothing happens in it. And then in the last like few minutes, they kind of do the the classic wrap up that they always do where it's like, well, I guess I have to find some new dreams now. <laughs> you girls will follow the stars. <laughs> it is it is such a nothing finale and it ends on the 4th of July. Like they're watching fireworks or something. And then when you watch what we're going to be recapping, they're like I think they're in all different times, but like when Kendra's leaving, there's Christmas decorations up. Mm-hmm. So it, it, there's a very strange feeling to those two episodes back to back. Yeah. And I will say this one also felt very odd given like I've watched now, I've literally watched five seasons in a row. Um, and this episode, you know, there are certain episodes of Girls Next Door where they have to kind of set things up or there's some like story that needs to move forward. So they do all these kind of odd things to make sure the story progresses and excuse me this was one of those episodes yeah well so the the episode is an hour long well 45 minutes and it's very interesting because i think what they're kind of doing is i i don't know if everybody remembers back to the series premiere of vanderpump rules where you're watching an episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And then if you were watching it on your DVR, they batched in the Vanderpump Rules episode into that same recording. And they never told you that they were like switching to a new television show. (laughs) Yeah. And this felt like that where it's like you're watching the girls next door. And then all of a sudden, without knowing it, you're watching Kendra's show right oh my god you're fucking blowing my mind right now you're so right that's so true and it's really i mean this could never have been the true season five finale um because holly is in so little of this yeah it is truly just like she's in the beginning she says bye to bridget she says bye to kendra Kendra and Holly, like, look for houses for, like, a scene. And then you never see Holly again until she's like, Hey, Puffin. Oh, you're on your way to Vegas. Yeah, I'm doing Jessica's shoot. Oh. Mwah. Well, Bridget's in Spain. I know. I just put uh, Kendra in a, in a car, and yeah. it's going to be a lonely day here. Yeah. All right. I love you very much. I love you, too. You be careful. Take care of yourself. And I'll see you soon. Yeah, have fun. All right, darling. And she's running out of the house, literally sprinting out of the house. Sprinting. And they don't even say like, oh, she doesn't say like, yeah, you know what? Um, I'm fucking Chris Angel and like, see y'all later. It's just like, um, she leaves for what is supposed to just be a trip. And then Hef and Mary are like, well, we should have seen this one coming. She's gone. It's the it honestly made me feel so bad for Holly. She is done so dirty in this. It was such an unceremonious, you know, to be half's number number one girl. The impact that she had on that fucking era 
of the girls next door or just the playboy mansion in general and the fact that she is like one of the only girlfriends to ever have like worked for the magazine so intensely yes to get that kind of send-off it was honestly so gross hef really makes sure to get the last word in here and instead of allowing holly to have a proper send-off and instead it's just like oh we're not even gonna give her her own voice in this it's just she's just gonna go on a trip and then it's like she's like shot shot in the head backstage or something like it's just like she walks out of the mansion and she just like evaporates she never seen or heard from again in the episode she glides down the stairs with two empty Louis Vuitton suitcases, literally carrying them above her head because they're empty, basically, and just darts out of the fucking house and we never see her again. Uh, well, let's let's start from the beginning of the episode. Um, but so it starts with Kendra. This scene really made me mad. Kendra is with her mother and her grandmother. And she's just like oh, I think I'm going to leave the mansion. And her mother's reaction is so heinous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She is truly an evil woman, but I will say her plastic surgery settled very nicely. It did. It looks, she looks very fresh, but she's basically like, do you remember how to do your laundry? Have you ever cleaned a toilet? Yeah, no, but. How about paying bills? You never paid a bill in your life. Yeah. So? You know how to write a check? Do you yeah. know how to cook? You don't know how to cook. When you pick up the phone from now on, and when you leave, and you press zero, you're not going to get the pantry. You know how to go to the grocery store and buy your own food? You've never had to do that. How hard is it to freaking go and get some food? Oh, there's some turkey, there's some freaking bread. Let's get it and let's make a sandwich. Here's the money. How you, can't, hard- you can't live on turkey sandwiches all your life. She's literally like bullying her daughter about wanting to leave her relationship with a 90 year old man. And I honestly had forgotten, like just because so many years have passed, I forgot about the very like Hogan-esque public fight between her and her family. I was like, oh my God, I forgot that her mom was so resentful for years that she left the mansion, like never forgave her and like took it as like a a dig at the family that she decided to leave her like hostage situation. There seems to be so much jealousy from her mother, like emanating from her mother. Like there's just so many times throughout the series where she says little things about how well, you know, if only half would date someone a little older mm-hmm. than Kendra. Like I'd be there in a heartbeat. Like she seems so jealous of Kendra and everything that she has mm-hmm. and thinks that because Kendra had a troubled childhood, she owes her like to funnel all of, all of the perks of living at the mansion. She's like owed that too. Yeah. It's so bizarre. And she, I just, I felt so bad for for Kendra, like just reading her book, the way everyone always kind of to her face said that you're worthless, you're not capable of anything. And then to just like see her mother say that. 
after living there for five years. It's really odd. And it's especially odd now, you know, looking at this through like a 2022 lens and being like, wow, you really are truly upset that your daughter doesn't want to date this old man. Like, it's what parent psycho. would go? You know, you know what I mean? Like, what parent would push their kid? They're 18 year old. I mean, to think like that your daughter has been there since she was 18 and not once have you been worried this whole time you've been not only excited about it. And like you said, having all of the, the perks and benefits and the money and the revenue like filtered to you. You're angry that she wants to move on from it. It was so gross. Her mom is vile. She is such a vile, vile woman. And she can tell herself all she wants that she was like this put upon single mother just doing her best. But like, Mm -hmm. no, seeing that, like, because also in Kendra's memoir, she talks about how her first six months at the mansion, she absolutely like was miserable, called her mother in the first couple months and said, I don't think I can do this. And her mom just said, what are you going to do? Work at Papa John's? Like, (laughs) and then five years later, she's basically still saying that. It's so sick. That's she's the kind of mom that would like drive her daughter to like the Moonlight Bunny Ranch. Yes. At 18 out of high school. She's really that kind of woman. She really is there. And just the way she was like, well, you don't know how to do laundry. Like you're going to go to the grocery store. I mean, truly like basic, basic things that anyone who's not completely brain dead can figure out. (laughs) Yeah. She goes, you don't know how to clean a toilet. It's like, get, are you fucking kidding me? Look at the house she's buying. She's not going to be cleaning those toilets herself. She's going to have a cleaning lady. She's, it's so bizarre that it was such a trigger for her mm-hmm. mother and her grandmother. Like her grandmother was also, she wasn't as adamant, but she was backing up her mom. Oh, totally. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter where your kid is living. If they're 18 years old, whose fault is it that your kid doesn't know how to pay a bill? Exactly. You still have contact with your child. She's not in another country. You (laughs) go there all the time. Yeah. You're telling me like she doesn't have a credit card. She's 23 and she's been, uh, I mean, at this point making good money for like, I would say probably like the last two years by that point. Totally. And you're telling me that, you know, she doesn't have a, a car lease or, or anything like that, that she has to take care of. Like it's, I, I just also, maybe I was reading into it, but I really could felt like I could see it in Kendra's face. Just the reaction that how disappointing it was to hear that from these two women. And she knew from the very moment she even introduced the idea, not even just of moving out, but that she was starting a new relationship. There was no support. There was, I mean, you could see she was like scared to even say anything. And it is just sad also, like having the context of how her mother doesn't believe in her at all. And then seeing her kind of just go from, one relationship to the next and Mm. just like wifing herself to the gills, just going from one house man's household to another man's household Mm -hmm. without giving herself any sort of space to maybe learn some of these things as a young single woman. 
I'm sure she just thought she had to, you know, jump on the back of the next man to move on to the next phase of her life because no one else believed that she could do anything by herself. 1000%. And to be fair, I bet a lot of the girls felt that way just given the the restrictions that they were under. It's like, well, what's going to save me if I'm not able to save money? I'm not able to, you know, really create any sort of like foundation for when I leave. Like, what else do I do besides like get in another relationship where maybe somebody will help me? Yeah, it's and Bridget really kind of did the same thing, too. I mean, she when she left the mansion, she was already with Nick, I think, because he was the co-director of the scary movie she did and she met him like in season four i think the way that it's packaged up is just so odd yeah all of it like you know they obviously had this need and this desire to make it you know really sort of um tangible for younger younger people they they handled all of this with like child's gloves like things are kind of explained but not and the idea that these girls are like in other relationships isn't even explained really. They're just kind of like, you know, patted on the head by their daddy and sent off to their new man. It's just very odd. It's it is very pat on the head, pat on the bum, like let me give you away to the next to the next guy. Yeah. And it is it is packaged. So strangely, where it's almost like they're trying to lie to us or something. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not being upfront with the fact that, like, okay, um, actually, like, four months has passed. <laughs> All this stuff has just happened. Everyone's met someone. Everyone is on their way out. Like, we're, we're all of a sudden just like, oh, Bridget has a TV show now. Right. Like, what? Since when? I know it's it's so, like literally literally overnight according to the producers of the show and I don't get it cuz it's like I understand that they're trying to kind of protect their storyline or whatever but what's the point and they don't even package it well as in terms of like with Bridget it it all seems so rushed like as if they had already been shooting like the next season with the new girls and then they were like oh i guess we have to like put in some filler or something because Mm. why wouldn't they be why wouldn't they have a lead up to it where it's like oh bridget has been testing for this tv show or like these people reached out it's just like all of a sudden she's leaving tomorrow the lead up would have been great. The lead up would have been so entertaining and so interesting. I mean, I don't get I just I guess I just don't understand what it would have done to the story that they were trying to create, you know, to like let us in on the fact that like Bridget was hired for this new gig like or I don't know that Kendra had like met a basket or a football player like if they're leaving, what's it matter? I don't get it. Exactly. If it, if they're leaving, what does it matter? What I, my biggest question is, yeah, what what were you trying to accomplish here? What was the circumstances of putting this episode together because it feels so rushed and as if like 
it feels like there was almost something behind the scenes where all three girls were like, I'm not spending another fucking minute doing this show. So like get, get your kicks in now. And like, we're getting this done in two days. There's definitely an element of being fed up. Like it was like, I'm leaving no matter what. So figure out how to edit around me leaving this week. Yeah. And it it does also just feel very, um, it feels weirdly vindictive. Like even with Bridget, it feels so vindictive. Her send off Kendra gets all of this airtime. She gets all of these like goodbye moments. And we really just see like Bridget saying bye to Mary and half. And then she's like, she's out. Right. Exactly. And they had that party for her, but even the party was like centered around Kendra. It was. Okay. The party. Okay. So yeah. Bridget tells everyone she's leaving. Oh my God. What is, what is this (laughs) horrible noise? Good Lord. Living in an apartment. Girl, Um, (laughs) say less. I mean, good Lord. Don't they know I'm making a podcast right now? <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to like knock on the doors of all these families and be like, can you stop vacuuming? Do you not understand <laughs> that I'm a podcaster? I am a podcaster. This is my literal job. This is my livelihood, okay? <laughs> Do I get paid for it? No, but like, come on. Right. <laughs> Do I hate it? Yes, but... <laughs> <laughs> Please. Um... Okay, so so yeah, Bridget tells everyone I'm going to be doing Bridget's beaches. At this point, it's only Bridget's beaches. And of course, it is eventually changed to Bridget's sexiest beaches. <laughs> so then we have the goodbye scene. Oh, God. With Holly, Bridget, and Kendra. Well, you guys, I was all worried because I thought, here, I'm going to be gone on the Travel Channel and you guys are going to be all together and doing all this fun stuff. And I thought, oh, I'm going to be missing out on everything that's going on at the mansion and what Holly and Kendra and Heff are doing. And now everybody's like, wait, splintering. I'm getting sad right now. (laughs) Don't cry because you know who's going to cry I know, it's going to be like a domino effect. I really do, like, out of all the stuff, like, we've ever been through, like, you know, like, I really do love you guys. I Me really too. do. <laughs> the domino effect started. <laughs> oh. I really do love you guys. I'll always be here for you guys. I love you too. Like, you guys are like my sister. Like, my sister's the only person who ever knew what it was like to grow up with me, and you guys are the only ones who will ever know, you know, what it was like to be here. And I think, Holly, I thank you for, like, accepting me the way you did in the beginning. <laughs> Of course. I can't believe this is actually happy because I thought it never would. (laughs) It's crazy. We've done this together, you know? Without one of us, this wouldn't have happened. Right. We picked each other up when we were down, you know? We all worked together so hard. And we've been through a lot together. And I feel like we have a special bond. Are we still going to get motorcycles and go on a road trip? <laughs> yes. Yeah! I'm, I'm down. <laughs> we got to get together like every week and gossip about everything that's going on no, in our lives. No, for sure. Let's have, let's have uh, every Thursday tea parties. 
<laughs> tea parties. <laughs> tea parties every Thursday. I, I mean, I feel like is really the only honest scene in the episode in some ways. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the only one where I feel we're getting anything tangible of, like, the real gravity of these girls leaving instead of just these, like, little scenes with Hef. And he's like, oh, bye, pumpkin. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I actually, when I posted that on Instagram, a lot of people responded and they were like, oh, my God, Kendra's so fake. And I actually... It, within the context of the whole episode, I actually believed um, that Kendra was being pretty genuine. Like, I think that she was just, you know, when you're like going through something like that, like your your emotions are heightened. So things will make you cry that maybe normally wouldn't or like you realize your attachment to certain things or people that you didn't feel before. And I felt like in that moment she was like more maybe not so sad about the fact that she didn't have to like live with holly but like you know this has been her life like she was just more so emotional about like the intense change and that their little you know lightning in a bottle thing that they had created was ending yeah i mean i really did not get the sense at all that she was you know putting on some big performance for the sake of the camera like I feel like she she was so red faced and just yeah. But she's also twenty three years old. She's been here for five years. This is like I don't know what were you like when you left college? Right, exactly. It's saying goodbye to this weird little stopover portion of your life. This kind of oasis away mm, from yeah. the real world, and you don't really realize it's an oasis until you get there. Yes. That's the thing is when you're leaving is when you're like, oh, my God, I haven't done anything for the past, you know, however many years, but get drunk and eat and (laughs) like have fun. Like, I can't believe I'm realizing right now that I'm, you know, off to the real world. And I also think it's interesting, you know, watching this as an adult, I'm like way more aware of the fact that all three of these girls are in totally different mindsets like yes you know bridget is like sad but also like bitch i'm going to fucking croatia or whatever uh one of the the beach for five months kendra has this new football dick and she's got a fucking man (laughs) pin and you know she's excited and holly is like what the fuck am i supposed to do right now yeah and i feel like you can so see it on her face like I she she has some moments where she tears up and and everything but I feel like her reaction is so different from Bridget and Kendra's Mm -hmm. because you just like you can almost see it wash over her the reality of the situation and there's almost like a fear yes that you see definitely a fear in an like almost an embarrassment. Yes. It almost felt like she didn't want to face the cameras and it, it felt like she didn't want to be on camera, to be honest, like because she has nothing going on, even in like the normal scenes that like I don't want to skip ahead, but like just normal things like when she was walking with like the new bunny, she just seemed off, like very embarrassed and off. Oh, my God. OK. We can absolutely skip around because this was a note that I had. I feel like she was so cut off emotionally in this episode in a way that 
it really, it seemed like she was disassociating in a really big way throughout Mm. all of these scenes. And so when a few scenes later, she's saying goodbye to Bridget. Oh God, this this is heartbreaking. And I feel like, um, like, so Bridget is saying, okay, I'm leaving. This is going to be my hardest goodbye. And she, and Holly, like, walks into the situation in the parking lot holding this bunny and she's like oh well I have my new friend now and then Bridget is tears she goes in for a hug and like Holly just clutches the bunny and like doesn't even seem to like make any sort of emotional connection with Bridget and Mm -hmm. I feel like you can sense Bridget realizing that like she's not getting a real goodbye from her and like she thought it was going to be this like big emotional Mm -hmm. both of them with tears in their eyes like them one-on-one like not having Kendra there like the Mm -hmm. true Mm -hmm. friendship and like I feel like you can just see Bridget realizing it's not happening and she's like okay bye it felt like one of those scenes in like a hokey sitcom where there's a miscommunication mm-hmm. it, that like a miscommunication that helps propel the story. Like it was so awkward and uncomfortable. And it honestly made me really sad. It made me sad for Bridget because it was embarrassing. It was honestly embarrassing. It was like yeah. everybody was watching them hug. All the girls were standing around. The staff was outside. They're on camera. And Holly wouldn't hug her goodbye. Like Holly completely shut off. Yeah, she did. And I I do think it, it's so interesting knowing now that Holly so Holly in the Call Her Daddy podcast was like, I think I might be autistic. And mm-hmm. then in a recent YouTube video that she did, she actually called herself neurodivergent. I thought about you when she did that. <laughs> um, so I, I'm, I'm guessing she probably got a diagnosis by now um, yeah. for her to specifically say I am neurodivergent. Um, and it is, it completely changes the context of so many of these episodes, but I think particularly this episode without that context of knowing Holly as well as we do, mm-hmm. it you would just look at her and be like, um, she's a cold bitch. Yep. Like, look it's at these girls true. giving everything. Like, they are so emotional. Like, she, like, how dare she not even give Bridget a hug? Like, not even look her in the eye. It seemed like she wasn't looking Bridget in the eye. 1,000%. And the way that she... You know, she talks about you could say that, like, the way that she talks about the animals and stuff is like, you know, some sort of thing that she's putting on. But the way that she was clutching that bunny, it really was like, oh, she really does. This has been something she's done since she was like a little girl. Yeah. Where she disassociates and then she just like connects with animals and uses animals as a way to kind of not face her reality. Like that bunny was in that moment, her lifeline. And it was just so, it was such an odd, uncomfortable, really sad, again, unceremonious moment for this amazing, crazy friendship that's been built up to this. And that's it. I mean, it should have been, we should have had like, 
are, I, I don't know, some sort of scene where it's not just them rushed in a parking lot in a driveway, like getting into the car. It should have been a very ceremonious, like mm-hmm. they're, they're off doing something together and they're talking and reminiscing about this entire experience that they had together. And instead it's so rushed. And I, okay. I also think back to the neurodivergent thing, mm-hmm. the bunny is very, um, number one, emotional support animal, but mm-hmm. also her like petting it and petting it. Like that's stimming. Oh yes, absolutely. Totally. Like she is so stressed out about this goodbye. And then also realizing what's on the other side of it, which is nothing mm-hmm. that she just like has to clutch a soft bunny and just like rake her hands over its fur to like keep her from jumping out of her skin. Oh my God. You are literally so right. Cause she was like, <laughs> like violently petting this poor bunny this bunny that's like being used as like this weird prop. And then you're when and then you're right. When she did go to like hug Bridget goodbye, she did that thing where you like lay your body on the person, but don't. Yes. Then like, don't really embrace them. Oh, I just felt so bad for Bridget in that moment. Like it was almost like at the end of it, she was crying because she was like sad about the goodbye and not even that she was leaving. She was just like, okay, bye. Like I'm off to Switzerland or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I guess for Bridget, she knows Holly so well. And I think Bridget has said in other um, confessionals and stuff like that, like, oh, I think she says it in the anniversary episode when Holly cries, um, when Hef is reading the anniversary card she gave him. Mm -hmm. And Bridget's like, oh, that's actually kind of surprising to see that. Like, she usually does not really display emotion like this. <laughs> so I'm sure on some level, Bridget knew her well enough to know that this was not like a slight, but even knowing that context, right. it's still, I, I feel like must've felt like such a rejection. Yeah, for sure. It was just such a point, a point like a, it, it was a moment that shouldn't have been such a big deal, but it just will stay with me forever. Yeah. And okay. One last thing about the bunny I also realized, like, she took an animal over there that she could not put down. Mm. She didn't pick up one of the dogs as, like, oh, I'm going to pet the dog, and then when I put it down, I can put it down to give her a hug. She took an animal that, like, taking it out of its cage, she could not just, like, put that (laughs) bunny down. Like, it's going (laughs) to go off and, like, make 20 more bunnies and then, I don't know, get hit by Lisa Vanderpump's car, like, (laughs) tooling down the back roads of Beverly Hills. Like, you you can't put down a bunny. (laughs) No, you're right. Yeah, she, she, like, brought a fucking snake over, basically. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's funny. Something that, like, by no means could she put this down and, like, have a moment where it was like armor or something. Yeah. It's and it's, you know, it's, I don't know if it would be relatable for everybody, but it's sadly relatable to me. Like I understand that I get that brand of awkwardness. Mm. Cause like, I'm also very much like that in a lot of ways. Like if I don't force myself through it, I 
end up like Holly. You know what I mean? And like yeah. coming off is very rude, sometimes very like aloof or cold. And I don't mean to, it's just, I'm really fucking awkward. And I've also always thought I've never been tested, but I've always thought that I was also on the spectrum and like, it's a little too relatable to me. It like makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, I, I've always related to Holly too, with the, um, with a sense of people thinking that I'm being a bitch and it's like, Mm -hmm. I can promise you with every inch of myself that like, I'm not trying to be, I just like, I'm like in my own world. Yeah. Like I'm just trying to make it through this interaction and not come (laughs) off as whatever. Like if you could hear the thoughts in my head, you know what I mean? You pity me more so. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that is a truly devastating scene. And I, I, I hope that Holly continues these, um, these recaps on her YouTube because I would love nothing more than to have her go through this episode and talk about really what was going on because she talks about it in her book, but like, I don't think it's like in depth enough. And I don't think she has, um, as much awareness of herself as she does Mm -hmm. now. And I would like to see if she would give us more of a context of like, Oh yeah, this is uh, when I realized. Oh, Dara, you cut out. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yep. You're back. (laughs) My internet just like, went out i feel like whatever is <laughs> going on in my um hallway out there just like someone <laughs> just like unplugged my internet for a second it's half mischievous ghost he's wiggling your cords oh my god <laughs> actually <laughs> okay i'll have to leave this in because i just have to say this i weirdly had a dream about <laughs> half last night of course he's infiltrating your spirit he is infiltrating my spirit and the dream was um like i was his girlfriend but i was also like still with my partner and and half like took me and a bunch of other girls and my my fiance like on a vacation and then my fiance took a shower and um half started screaming at me because um, he was fine with my fiance being there, but he can't use his shower. That is too much to have another man use his shower. It's sick how like on point that is, though. Right. Like, it feels very real. It felt very real. It was. It was. <laughs> it was only a matter of time before he came to you in your dreams. Honestly, I feel like he's going to haunt me for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. Because you're disturbing his legacy. All those fucking scrapbooks, those 2,000 scrapbooks, you just erased all of them, basically. (laughs) I just threw them in a pile in in the middle of the mansion driveway. And me and that bunny fucking lit a match. Okay. Yes. Like an Ashley Simpson CD in 2004. Yes. Lit on fire outside the mall. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I forget what I was saying before. Like, you know what? Who cares? We can <laughs> jump back into the episode. We have the th- scene of the three of them like crying together. And then Bridget goes to the salon to like get her nails done before she goes on her trip. That was another such a nothing scene that I feel like Bridget deserved so much more. Yeah, what the hell? 
I was honestly surprised that this episode didn't consist of a look back yes. on everybody's individual moments. And I know that those episodes in, those, in themselves can be a little hokey, but like I just was like, OK, so we're watching Bridget get her nails done and then she's just going to leave and then she'll never be on this show again. Like it was just so odd. It was so odd. And it really you're totally right. Like there should have been more of like a retrospective insight. It's so bizarre to me because the way the send off sort of felt at, in moments, um, except for Kendra's parts, it really felt like, um, they didn't have an awareness that this is a show that was on for five seasons. Like mm -hmm. that is a really long time in the scheme of a reality show. Absolutely. And people, especially young girls, had an intense connection to these women, like very intense. That's like you said, five years is a really long time, especially back then for reality TV. Yes. Like people really loved these three girls. And so and they knew what kind of audience they had, which was young teens. Mm hmm. And so five years, the way people say like, oh, I grew up with these characters, like some people like really did grow up with these characters and now they're going off into the sunset and like graduating to the next point of their lives. And like the viewers were also at that point, like I'm sure there were tons of people, tons of girls who started watching that when they were freshmen in high school yeah. or in the eighth grade and when that part ended, they were going off to college yes, or they were absolutely. leaving college. Yeah. This, this should have had so much more gravitas. There's no fan service. Yeah. Cause what it, okay. Ken, when Kendra wrote her name on her, in her room, she said it was 04 to 09, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You're right. Cause like I was in high school when this show premiered and by the time it, Everybody stopped watching it, of course, before season six. Uh, I was like a sophomore in college. So you're completely right. Like people literally graduated like adulthood with these girls. Yeah. It, and you're also right what you said before, like especially for the time in the early 2000s, 2009, we did not have many shows where we had spent season after season after season with the same characters. Like by mm. 2009, we don't even really have the real housewives. Right. Like it's we're true. just getting started with the real housewives, you know, and that is a real legacy show where you follow women for a decade. Right. But we did not have that at that point. This is one of the yeah. first shows. Like the Kardashians had only premiered like a year before or something. Right. And you can tell, I mean, look no further than when they go to an event or a premiere or even when they are like just outside together, you know, in public. And you see dozens of little girls holding bobbleheads and yes. jerseys and posters and like crying parents holding up their kids to get like a kiss on the cheek from for Kendra. Like it's really I, I don't know. The, this show was just so... And I guess a lot of that has to do, obviously, like we've been saying with how long ago it was. Because if this was now, obviously the way that these women would be marketed, like they would all have 
endorsement deals and they would have big, huge, massive spinoff careers and whatever. Um, but you can just kind of tell like the production of the show, who they sided with. Oh yeah. Who they liked the most and generally just how much they didn't, you know, how much these women didn't get the credit that they deserved. It really is sad because yeah, like five seasons on a show that was so popular and people loved so much. And the fact that like Bridget has kind of nothing to show for it at this Mm -hmm. point, like if this had premiered five years ago today, they wouldn't have to worry for the rest of their lives as far as just like having a million followers and, you know, being able to parlay that into more work. Like, I mean, even Kendra, you know, she had all those years of being on other shows, but they were, but now she's, you know, a real estate agent struggling to stay afloat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it has anything to do with the fact that, I don't know, maybe like production didn't want to like close the door, like fully on the possibility of these girls like being on the show somehow again? I think that was part of it because I think Holly has kind of alluded to that um, at times. Oh, mm-hmm. good Lord. <laughs> Is that Nicolas Cage that just flew by? <laughs> yeah, hello, Mr. Cage. <laughs> Coming to sweep me off my feet, are you? <laughs> um. Yeah, I think Holly has alluded to that. And I guess um, in the sixth season, they do come back a little bit. Mm-hmm. They they drop in here and there. Holly also said, I think it's in one of her YouTube videos, how it was her idea that the way the show should go on um, was that they should have opened it up to like the women of Playboy. And yes. it should have been following the creative women. Like, let's follow uh, the some of the women working in the offices and I think that would have been great. I do too. And I just listened to her say that. And I remember her also saying like how stupid of them not to follow us outside. Like Bridget is literally, I mean, I know that there's like a whole nother show that she's doing, but like they could have worked something out where she didn't have to go do another show. Yeah. You know, they could have like given her her own spinoff show of this and they could have followed these girls off to do their own thing. Like they were so stupid to pass the ball to some up, you know, to other networks and to other production companies. These are your talent and they want to be on camera still. And people are ravenous for them. It's so bizarre. And it really does seem like it all roads lead back to Hef and Kevin Burns. Yeah. Just like how they decided that they don't like Holly. I I think really what happened was they, Holly, you know, made a fool of Hef. You know, she talks throughout this series about how all she wants is to be alone with him. And they were going to do the sixth season as like Hef and Holly living together. Mm -hmm. And she didn't want to do it. And I think they were so offended by that that I think they also like took it out on Bridget. And I think 
I think like Kevin, who was so obsessed with Hef, I think he was just also a misogynist and he just loved Kendra because yep. she fucking played ball the way a man likes a woman to a young woman. Ugh. Yeah. And Bridget and Holly, especially Bridget, because Bridget was older. Mm. I think he, I, I think there was a little bit of like a, a vendetta. I, it, I almost would say it's undeniable. Like given how this final episode played out, like you said earlier, the fucking red carpet that was <sighs> rolled out for Miss Miss Kendra. Oh my god! I mean, it was literally like the amount of times Kendra said in this episode, "I'm excited for my new for whatever is coming. I'm nervous. I'm scared to leave this all behind." Like it really was her. This was Kendra's episode, and everybody else was a bit player in her big giant ceremony of leaving it all behind. Like even her walking out and getting that last, I mean, it was just, it, this is Kendra's moment. Kendra, it was Kendra's moment. And they also just do Bridget so dirty in the sense of they don't do anything just sort of, um, as just like a favor as someone that they spent all this time with. To, to set her up on her show, uh, this huge opportunity for her, like something that she's always wanted to be a host that she's been working towards since like the second season mm-hmm. of the show, like taking classes and, and, you know, making her real and everything, having her radio show, like being a host was, I think like the real dream. Yeah. And it not just being in Playboy, which is how they always frame it. I think this was like her real dream. And instead of setting her up as like, I don't know, send a fucking crew to Croatia. Right. And like show her like getting on the beach and like, of course it's different networks. So you, you can't cross wires too much, but like have her have a nice send off where she puts her toes in the sand and looks out at a, a sunset and says to herself, I'm going to be all right. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. And even if you aren't filming her, everybody knows that with those, like those vacation H or um, travel channel shows, like it's all so set up and whatever, like there's a way that they could have filmed her outside of her doing her setup scenes on the beach, explaining what a pina colada is and how it originated. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And realistically, the travel channel, I think would welcome something like that as it's it's such a small niche network to just have like a little kind of promo within the show of like, this is what the show is going to look like. I think they would have welcomed that and it would have been absolutely fine. I think so too. I really, really do. They really, really, dropped the ball like they really fumbled the fucking ball and missed out on a a massive bag because of it and i feel so bad for bridget because there really was no reason why that show 
shouldn't have run for a long time. Like she should be one of those people on like the food network or something where Mm -hmm. you just see them in all different things. Mm -hmm. Not like she's actually, you know, a chef or anything, but like a homemaker who is a host and she's the host of all these little cooking shows. Yes. You know, they don't have like real chefs or anything as the host. They usually have like a personality and like she should be all over the food network all over the travel channel could you imagine her hosting like a halloween cupcake wars or like you know uh, like a halloween like cake decorating competition yes and they have like the guy from mean girls uh, hosting <laughs> right. cupcake wars like there is no reason why bridget shouldn't be doing that that is probably the best point you've like that is so like why is she not doing that now it's gonna really bother me well i think part of it is and this is really gonna bother you is kendra was the only one when they were still living there allowed to have outside management and and i think allowed is just simply like kendra said i'm doing it and like kiss my ass and bridget would never do that behind hef's back but this was like such an important time for them to be hustling Mm, yeah. And Bridget wasn't allowed that time while she was still in the mansion where she should have been working out even more deals than just the travel channel. Like she should have been everywhere. I also too, I wanted to bring up, up um, I wanted to bring this up to you because I've just noticed it over the past, maybe, I don't know, like month or so um, with Holly's YouTube reactions it feels like the gloves are off a little. Oh, yeah. Right? Because Kendra has been talking recently about them. And I feel like that gave Holly the permission she needed to not have to, like, code what she's saying mm-hmm. or whatever. So now she's much more open about what was really going on and basically nothing that we didn't know. But it's just to hear her say, like, we pretty much... Anything that we wanted to do that didn't revolve around her was like sabotaged or she would find a way to like shit on it on camera because it wasn't something that she could like make about her. And it helps you understand like the levels of resentment. You know what I mean? It's not just because she's young and annoying. It's like it's so layered, like the production thing that you just said, like that's some layered resentment. It's layered resentment. And one thing that I found interesting piggybacking off of that is watching Kendra say goodbye to the kitchen staff and how emotional they all were. Like they really loved Kendra. Yeah. I imagine, um, the, just like the way the show and Hef played the girls against each other. Like, Mm -hmm there could have been a world where they were still friends today because it seems like at her core, Kendra is like a good person. Like the mm-hmm. entire kitchen staff were, was in tears yeah, over her leaving. I don't think she's a, comp- I think she's a brat. I think, don't get me wrong. She's a brat and she wants the attention on her. But when it comes to like these people who are not vying for the attention as well, mm-hmm. they just look at her as this wonderful, honest, down-to-earth person. I agree with that. She's got a real underdog element to her. Yes. You know, like you want to root for her. You want to see her win. You want to see her do well. 
and you know i mean i got emotional when she was leaving the when she was saying goodbye to the kitchen staff, I was like, oh my God, especially when she told that woman, like, you're a second mom to me. You know, it's just, it's very complicated because you know that a lot of these people looked at Kendra as this sort of boxcar child when she showed up. (laughs) You know what I mean? She was like the little match girl and like, God damn it, she made it. Yeah. And when she tells all of the women the older women in the house, like you're a second mom to me. That's very layered given who her mom is and what we know their relationship is like. Yeah. I think it's more like, um, you're all first mothers to me. (laughs) Um, Exactly. (laughs) Like, and we never even see that woman. Um, I feel like I've never seen her on the show. And then all of a sudden, like she emerges like in tears with a present. (laughs) And they're just crying. She opens the, she, I can't even open it. I'm, this is so emotional. And then it's a little cupcake filled with jelly beans. (laughs) And then of course, Kendra ate them as she cried. She was like chewing with all her teeth showing while she's crying. And then, um, right before she says goodbye to her, she says goodbye to, um, I forget his name, but he he is always on the show like he's in the first episode one of the kitchen oh, yeah. guys and he says something like you mean so much to me like yeah what i know it was really it was a lot and you just get the vibe that that kitchen was her escape absolutely that's where she went to like have camaraderie with people you know, that weren't jealous or competitive or, you know, that didn't have, like, there weren't politics involved. Like, she could just go down there in her pajamas and be a goofy idiot and eat nachos and, like, laugh her ass off. Yeah, and and they kind of had, I'm sure, like, in the beginning, it was just like, oh, we just have to um, indulge this 18-year-old pain in the ass. <laughs> right. But then, you know, they've, watched her grow over the years and become more mature and you know of course we're not seeing that scene with holly or bridget right and that sucks like that sucks it was just so crazy like why aren't we seeing like a tearful goodbye with brian with like bridget and holly like holly and bridget spent i feel like a lot of time with him they're throwing parties and he was the person that right. would be right there helping them plan and like, oh, uh, for Anastasia's 21st birthday, um, can you put together all of our snacks for the road trip? And Bridget's standing in his office and they're chatting and they seem like they have a really nice rapport. Like, why are we not seeing that goodbye? Nobody knows them like him. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I honestly, I agree with you. And even like, you know, I understand that like Holly is not like the most warm person, but like she was working for like the way that she describes it on her YouTube channel. Like by the time she had started working for the magazine, like that was where she really came alive. And like, she really was herself and was able to be very like, open and like connected to people when she was working with the staff and like it would have been cool to see her you know she's built this crazy thing like working for the magazine and there was no 
ending to that. It was just like, all right. Like, it's I, I, so weird. And if, actually, it, what's really annoying is, so, I mean, we can just skip ahead, like, to the end because the rest of the episode is just, like, I don't know, a kind of, like, filler with Kendra getting her little house and, like, looking right. at houses, um, which is very, like, um, what's that show where they visit the three different houses? Yeah, House Hunters. House Hunters, and it's, like, w- they've already bought the house. Right. She's, like, this is the one. <laughs> I feel connected to it. <laughs> and it's, like, um, I'm pretty sure, like, <laughs> like you bought this. You, you're, you've been in escrow for two weeks. So, right. Okay. <laughs> is that the house that she filmed her show in? I was going to ask you that. Um, I think it is. Because it looked really familiar, like the the stairs and like the kitchen and stuff. I was like, I've been in this house before. Like, I know that this is. I I think it is the house. Um, I mean, I'm not as well versed in the Kendra oeuvre. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> But I'm pretty sure that that is um, the house, at least for like a couple seasons. Yeah. Um. So skipping ahead. So then Holly is just like gone, very unceremoniously, like trotting down the stairs and just yeah. like, I'm going to Vegas for a shoot <laughs> without even really explaining to us. It's like, oh, OK, well, I guess they're broken up. <laughs> like we have to use context clues with Hef and Mary talking that she's gone for good. Like they don't even really like say it. But one of the things that pissed me off was the way Hef was like, I have sensed for the last few days that Polly is not really happy. I think she really hasn't been happy for the last few months. She wants very much to have a marriage and children. And uh, that isn't in the cards and I understand that wish and, and um... You know, I think that we, if we really would have been paying attention, we probably have seen that coming. Because the minute the magazine became her passion, all of a sudden, it was a different Holly happening, yeah. so. Well, uh, you know, I thought initially that the obsession with uh, working on the Playmates in the photo department would complement the relationship. And make so, it stronger. Yes, give absolutely. You a working relationship, yeah. right? But I understand the other half, but you know, she really wants to be married and, and have children and and uh, you know, it's it's heartbreaking. I never thought I'd find a girl at this point in my life that that I would want to spend the rest of my life with and and uh, Ollie is that girl. It's a shame because she was absolutely the most perfect person for you in the world. Well, I thought that letting her have a job would um, make us closer. And Mary being like, yeah, she completely changed after she got that job. That was so shocking. It was shocking. I could not believe that both of them said that on camera with a straight face. Uh, It just felt so sexist, too. First half is like, well, I understand she wanted to get married and have kids, which is like, yeah, I mean... Let's just all be realistic here. Like, she's a young woman. She wants that. It's not happening here. But then Mary introduces the job part of it. And then he's like, yeah, but really, I think it was more about marriage and kids. And it's like, or maybe she was finally happy, like, having a purpose. And also, like, yeah, she wanted to get married and have kids. But, like, 
she doesn't even get married and have kids for years after this. Like she still has like three or four more years before she has a kid. Right. Like Holly is in a place of not even being able to stay on vacations for very, like for longer than a couple hours at this particular moment. Like, you know, she can't, like she left and really actually like partied and did all the things that she couldn't do. Like I, I that whole being the number one girlfriend, the politics of that were so blurry back then. Oh yeah. And I feel like a lot of us thought that Holly was upstairs with half and like lived this amazing life. And all of the other girls wanted to be her. And now you know, we've learned that it's the complete opposite. Nobody wanted to be the number one girlfriend. It was like a, uh, you have to do it. No, you have to do it. Like hot potato thing. And she really suffered a lot by being the number one girlfriend. She didn't get to do anything. So it's not like she left the house and had a million babies. She left the house and like went out to bars for the first time and was able to drink and talk to people. Yeah, I mean, even in her book, she talks about, um, I think it was when they were filming the last season or um, maybe in between the last season um, and then her leaving, um, how her and Bridget wanted to go, I guess it was right before Bridget left, her and Bridget wanted to go to someone's wedding and then um, it was like another playmate's wedding and they asked Hef, and at first Hef was like, yeah, you can go. But then she called the reception a party. And he was like, a party? You're not going to a party. And she's like, well, it's like the, like the reception. It's not like a party. It's like a reception. It's a wedding. Right. And all of a sudden he was like, oh, no, you're not going to any party. And said, you both can't go. What? And that was not at all what I thought was going on back then. As a teenager, I was like. I really honestly was like, she's the queen. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And here's another interesting thing. I'm going to have to find it. Um, I can't I should have done a better job of logging these um, commentary DVD episodes. But there's one where Bridget says, so when they're doing the commentary for the fifth season, they're all long gone out of the house. Um, Mm. And Bridget says that, so she comes back from Bridget's sexiest beaches. And I believe that she lives at the mansion for like another two to three months mm-hmm. before she officially moves out. And she was saying that when she came back for, for that small interim, while well, like she was going to be leaving again. Like they knew that she was just there to kind of like get her bearings and like look for a place. Mm-hmm. She still had a curfew. What? Yeah what she, um, the curfew is nuts the curfew is nuts and especially like at this point you know she's been gone for five months she's coming back because hef is like oh well you can always come back like you're always family here you know she needs to find a place she needs to you know get settled back in los angeles but they're not having sex they're not she's not a girlfriend really but she still has a curfew you know it's so funny the way men have been repackaging cults for like eternity you know what i mean like it's like it's just a version of a cult and like that fucking playboy bunny there's a part in the episode where kendra says like that playboy bunny is my heart it's my soul it's my tit like (laughs) no girl you don't get it it is like it's basically branded on your skin it's like (laughs) nexium like a fucking literal branding 
<laughs> right. Literally, like, it's crazy that these girls are like, we're watching like a, an abusive hostage situation packaged in. <laughs> it is truly a cult rebrand. Like, yeah. just keep rebranding, gentlemen. Right. I, it seems to be working for you. It, it's been working for the last um, few centuries. So keep it going, <laughs> honeys. <laughs> Troy, do you have any more thoughts on this episode? Um, I'm trying to think. None that I can think of. Yeah, I I, I can't think of anything that's like nothing. Nothing happens. <laughs> nothing. It is. It is truly the most. Now I know I said at the top of the episode, like I had to. The only person I could talk to about this episode was you because I did not want snark. But it's also because it was a bad episode. So I just um. I still needed to have someone to kind of shit on this episode with that. I at right. least like knew the heart was in the right place. Like we we're yes. coming from the same angle. It's like, I can make fun of my family, but you can't kind of thing. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Like, yeah, totally. Like I even like, I've watched this episode twice. Let's just start there. Like I've watched this episode twice, even though nothing happened. Cause I fucking adore this show and these girls so much. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I, at the end of the day, it's like amazing that this show was a launching pad for them. But they, this show never deserved them. No. It never deserved that caliber of just magnetism. And, it, you know, these girls are so fucking interesting. And it makes me happy knowing that they all did go off and do, in a sense, they kind of followed their dream. Yes. You know, and like, that's really cool. Uh, you know, I felt really bad for Holly, but obviously, I mean, she has such an incredible chapter coming up. Like, you know, it's not all sad. It's definitely not. And I I think it would be a lot sadder had their lives turned out differently. Mm-hmm. It, but, you know, they all seem to be pretty much doing okay on the right path um so it 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 does make it a little easier to swallow like revisiting this stuff Mm -hmm. but okay my final question for you okay do you think holly and kendra could ever like find their way back to each other you know i honestly think that if it was i don't think it would happen naturally no but I think that if they were put in a situation that was too good to pass up yeah, financially mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe like future wise, I think that they could find it within their spirit to put the knives down <laughs> <laughs> and work together again. Because, you know, I, I really do feel that way. I, I do think a lot of it, unfortunately, has to do with this, like the fact that Kendra is such a. Un, unreliable narrator of yeah. this time mm-hmm. um the way she remembers it is so fucking wild and it almost sounds like when she talks about it a lot of it is just repressed yes um so that sucks but i think that there's a world where it could happen and if anybody can make it happen it would be bridget that is so true and i mean you're completely right to say kendra is 
an unreliable narrator of this time period is just, it's perfect. That's exactly what the problem is. And she also, I I need her to be able to hold two truths at once, which I don't think she's been able to do yet, which is she can have her own experience, Mm, but mm -hmm. she maybe has to uh, mature a little bit more emotionally and realize, well, even though you maybe like have, maybe you had a great time or maybe you repressed some shit, but either way, Holly was living in a completely different reality Mm -hmm. than you were. So you have to maybe be a little more open to her kind of like shitting on everything because she, she's earned it. She's earned the right. That is such a fucking good point. And honestly, it's like all of you have. And that's what's sad that she she doesn't realize that. Yeah. Like she doesn't understand that she's also earned the right. It's like you're a fucking grown ass woman with children. You've been through a public divorce. Like you've carved out your own whatever in reality television, whatever you want to call it. Like you have the right to start coming to terms with this shit. And that's the thing is I don't think, I don't think Kendra has really done the work no. to even process what this experience was. And I was honestly really shocked to hear her in that recent podcast that she did, where she was like, I don't think about playboy to me. It doesn't exist. I don't remember any of those years. Uh, that's tr- abuse. Like that's trauma. That is trauma. And uh, yeah, it. Uh, yes, on some level, I think whatever Bridget and Kendra experienced was not as bad as Holly, but I think they still really saw some shit. And especially for Kendra, who was coming off of all of this trauma, like at least with Bridget, she was coming into this space with like a fully formed frontal lobe. Yes. And like a life yes. and like experience. Um, Kendra was just coming off of trauma after trauma after trauma. And it just doesn't seem like she's done any of the work to kind of deal with it. And I think she's just so focused on like, I'm a mom and like, that's my only, that's what I'm focused on. And the way she talks about just like, even just dating, like, it, it's, it seems so she's so cut off emotionally. Like she doesn't want to date. She wants to be married, but like she can't bring herself to like date people or like mm-hmm. put herself out there. She's like, all I can do is focus on my kids and like focus on trying to make a living for my kids. That's the only thing I can do. And then I like have sex with some like friends with benefits, but like, right. that's it. It's really sad. It is. It's really sad. And it, it it also makes me sad that Kendra found herself in that, like, I don't even know how you would categorize it, but it's and it's hard for me because I use Kendra as the example most of the time. Um, but that, that category of reality star where it's like, my trauma is my paycheck. Yes. I can't believe that that's where Kendra ended up. Like, I, I really honestly never saw that for her. And she really got stuck in that. Like when you get stuck in that cycle of celebrity 
uh, fucking marriage boot camp and you know all of her spinoff shows were about like that Tori Spelling sort of yes hamster wheel that can go on for decades like that's a really really tough corner to paint yourself in as a reality star the difference i feel like the difference between holly and kendra the way like right now holly is obviously like airing her trauma out for a paycheck Mm -hmm. but it feels like more like her reclaiming something it's like Mm -hmm. what she wants to be doing and what she wants to be talking about it doesn't feel like she has to do it whereas kendra it really feels like she has to yes oh my god that's such a good point and it also just feels like once holly is done airing all of this out and like getting it all out i feel like she has all of these other avenues that she could go down Mm -hmm. whereas i mean i guess kendra is setting herself up with real estate but like hopefully that works out for her but it just feels like right now she's really painted herself into a corner where she like has to do things she doesn't seem like she really wants to be doing yeah and i think that that goes back to what we were saying earlier that she never really had you had said that she like left half and then immediately jumped into this marriage and it's like she doesn't i don't think she knows who she is and then she immediately had children yes who is she she went into this house was told basically who she was going to be at 18, lived there for five years, moved out, met a guy, got pregnant, got married, divorced him, and now here she is. I don't think she knows who she is at all. Like, I I think she's learning, but I feel like she's, like, really between a rock and a hard place where it's like, well, now I'm a parent. That is the most important thing that she has to focus on. Yep. And it being a single parent and I I don't know how much Hank contributes like financially at this point. Mm-hmm. Um it's like she has to put all of that mental energy that maybe she could have at some point put into herself and like discovering herself and working through her trauma like all of that energy is going into keeping her head above water are you gonna cover kendra's whatever kendra's world or what was it called no i simply cannot i simply (laughs) i honestly like i i I was just like oh should i do more just in general more more recaps and then i was just like you know what i just need to put it to bed with troy because (laughs) i'm kind of at a point where i i can't imagine anyone wants to hear anything else about this stuff for me like I feel like (laughs) I could (laughs) well I appreciate that I feel like (laughs) is there anything left to say I mean I could still talk about this for years but like yeah I don't know sometimes you just need to put the baby to bed (laughs) no (laughs) no I completely understand you gotta you have to be like Seinfeld and end while you're on top you know what I mean exactly exactly I don't want to run this into the ground okay (laughs) yeah don't be glee Oh, Troy, this was um, truly a delight. I I could honestly like go on for another three hours, but I won't. <laughs> I had so much fun. Thank you so much for letting me do this. Honestly, I, I I feel like I was able to expel a lot. Honestly, I mean, thank you for for you know. I just you're really just like on the constant rotation. It's like, do I I, I need my I need my 
big guns in here. I need my Troy. <laughs> I'm happy to be your big gun. <laughs> <laughs> um, Troy, where can everybody find you? What would you like to plug? Tell us everything. Um, well, I have two podcasts, one called Dunzo, D-U-N-Z-O, and the other called uh, Beyond the Blinds that I host with my friend Kelly Williams from Laguna Biatch. And um, yeah, I, our Patreon for Beyond the Blinds is patreon.com slash beyond the blinds. And we do two episodes a week. One of them is tame, normal. And then the other one could get us sued. So we put it behind a pay a paywall. <laughs> um, and then you're also doing some live shows, which yes. is coming to LA. And of course, I will be there to be in the audience and cheer you on. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, the links for tickets to our live shows are in my Instagram. Uh, just Dunzo Pod Instagram. Um, we'll be in LA, New York, Boston, and Chicago. The Boston show is sold out, but there's tickets for all the other cities. Oh my God, you're sold out. I'm so proud of you, my king. Thank you. I know it's crazy. Oh, I'm so, so proud of you. I love you. <laughs> I love you, honey. I love you. I love you too so much. Oh, well, everybody, please, you know, rate, review, subscribe, etc., etc. And I hope. You enjoyed these recaps. I, I'm almost feeling like emotional putting putting this baby to bed, but she had to oh. go down for her nap. You know, <laughs> everybody must sleep. <laughs> Everyone must sleep. We we can't stay awake all night just giggling <laughs> over girls. <laughs> Wait, how, what did Half City in the episode? I guess I'm not over yet. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I, I keep on rolling. Keep moving out. More girls. <laughs> More girls. And then the two little twins saddle up to him. <laughs> and all is right with the world. Our show now. <laughs> it's our show now, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys. Love you. See you soon. Bye. Bye. 